Uh, I mean, the real worry was I lost my I lost my thigh gap. And then <laughs> <laughs> I felt like such a cow. Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 62. This week we'll be talking about fitness, dieting, getting in shape, exercise, etc. But first, let's get into the updates. Mark, how about your two babies? Well, one is a baby right now. The other is still a fetus. So mm-hmm. working on it, but they're both pretty good. So Coda is 15 months now and doing well. We got through another week without any sickness or being sent home from daycare for fevers. There was a few days that were kind of questionable, but we managed to make it through. He has had like a, a stuffy nose and a little bit of a cough for a few days. And I'm kind of thinking that he might have allergies. Could be. Because I've also been really sneezy lately and my eyes have been itchy and I see him rubbing his eyes like quite a bit. So I don't know if there's something going around right now or maybe we just both have like a dust allergy and our house is dusty, which could be the case. I've never had any allergies and I don't even know what to look out for. Um, So that's not on my radar at all. You've never had allergies? No, I don't have anything like that. I'm what a are you, god. Superman? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a god among men. I am. I'm Superman Jesus. That's what I am. Superman Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have any kind of allergies at all. And uh, I half think that everybody's just kind of lying about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just making it up for attention. So you have zero sympathy for anybody yeah, who says, no sympathy, oh, man, yeah. my allergies are going crazy. You're yeah. just like, suck it up, dude. And that's even aside from my lack of allergies. I just don't have sympathy for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my nature mark so i hope uh nico doesn't have allergies because i probably just wouldn't notice <laughs> i just right. wouldn't be able to see it this kid's been sick for a month no idea <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> uh yeah but that's kind of it for coda right now number two might finally have a name it's good are you keeping it under wraps i suppose until uh i don't know i don't think so um i think we've tentatively decided on emma all right congratulations yeah it's interesting like coming up with names because the first one i don't know it felt different coming up with the name for coda maybe it was easier but for the second kid it's kind of like you just try to pick a name that both people don't dislike (laughs) and that's kind of how it felt like it came together like we Mm -hmm. both had our lists And then each one kind of was like, nope, 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 nope. And then suddenly we had nothing on our lists. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, Emma's a nice name. (laughs) (laughs) Which it is. I like it. Yeah. So I think that's what we're going to go with. Yeah, that's cool. You know, there's a kid at my uh, son's daycare named Emma. And that kid is just fully Japanese. Just a Japanese name. Yeah. Uh, These days. I don't know if it's always been, but uh, it certainly is now. So that is the perfect crossover name. It's like the Ken of girls' names. Like yeah. Ken is just straight up a man's name in two languages, no yeah. change. So yeah, Emma is one of those, and that's uh, yeah perfect for both sides of the of the pond. Is the Pacific a pond? I guess it is. It can be. All right. How's uh, how's little Nico doing? He he uh, walking still, cruising around. Yeah, he walks. Um, it's like maybe no more than 10, 15 steps at a time and it's shaky and slow, but uh, he will walk. Uh, mm. Today, as we record this, it's a Japanese holiday, Tanabata, 
July 7th. And um, they did a special event at his daycare, which then they broadcast out on Zoom. So they send the Zoom link to all the parents. You can send it to the grandparents and stuff. So like mm. my family in the U.S. watches daycare about once a month. And uh, I watched the Tanabata Nursery School Festival today. And uh, Nico is just stepping around, man, just nice. up and walking. And I think he's got, I think this is something common to all babies, but they'll have like daycare persona and then home persona. Oh, and it's yeah. just like anybody else at home, you let loose. So the kid's a bit wilder and sillier and, you know, whatever. And then at daycare, yeah. I think he follows the rules and does things properly. Maybe he wants to show off a little bit or something more at daycare or mm. like hang with the other kids more. So right. uh, he walks. I mean, I saw him walk on video like much more readily than he walks at home. And so I think it's uh, like one of his daycare moves when he's hanging there. It's also probably because like he knows like if I don't walk, nobody's going to pick me up or give me the thing that I want. But mm. like you guys are probably trained well enough at this point that yeah. if he just lets out a little yelp or whine. You'll <laughs> yeah. you'll help him out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then at daycare, it's a real survival of the fittest. And he's got to yeah. fight amongst the other kids to get what he wants. I should say, going back to Coda, not to interrupt too much but moe did have a daycare i don't know what you would call it like a meeting like mm-hmm. she got to go and attend for the morning and see how things go there basically which sounds like a real kind of shit show where they just do the daycare as normal and then they bring in half of the kids parents yeah and so it's like the kids are doing their thing and then suddenly their parents are there and they're like whoa what hey yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of what happened to coda like I guess when Moy got there, she saw him just kind of playing and doing his thing. And he was being like really good with a book and just kind of reading. And then she then he saw her and he was mm-hmm. like, huh? Huh? What? Uh... <laughs> yeah. And started kind of crying a little bit to to get her, which is kind of his move at home when he wants something or he wants us. He'll just kind of let out a whine and mm. start kind of crawling towards us. So I get what you're saying. There's like a persona, like a a switch even at that age um it's pretty wild but it has always been a desire of mine to see a full day of daycare like your wife got to do but yeah i always thought envisioned it being like uh through zoom or you know some video that they recorded because of what you're talking about like you get in the environment and then you change the whole dynamic but especially when you know you're feeding your kid dinner and then he like throws his fork or he starts doing a raspberry with like a mouthful of soup and it's just soup all <laughs> over the place and you're like what do they do at daycare when he does this kind of stuff but i think honestly he's yeah. just not doing that stuff at daycare i think he's yeah. like a little more by the book when he's there there's a lot more peer pressure yeah for sure i'd like to see how it all shakes out once there yeah. but um the big updates this fortnight for Nico one is he had his first big fall uh, in the last two weeks. We got what should be like outdoor kind of like kids playgroundy slide kind of equipment. Oh yeah. You know, it's like the very thick, heavy plastic. uh, Mm. I want to say Fisher price, but it's, it's called step two, I think is the brand. And Mm. it's just a, a platform, maybe a couple feet up in the air it's got a ladder up one side and then it, on the platform and then a slide down the other way. Uh, we keep it in the house because we have no yard at all. So right. uh, we just put a we put it in a portion of our house and he can go down the slide and he really likes it. But the slide is like the end of the slide is about 30 centimeters off the floor. I think it's probably okay. designed for 
three-year-olds or something, two three-year-olds. He might be a bit young for it, but he's been good. He's been climbing it and he's been pretty safe. But the other day he was sitting on that end of the slide, like a foot off the ground and he just went over the end backwards. Oh no. And he landed uh, on his back and like his head, you know, like, I mean, he landed flat on his back basically. And uh, that sucks. Like if you fall onto the floor, it sucks. But if you fall and the floor's not there and you go another foot down, yeah, <laughs> it's no good, man. But it was on tatami, so that was you know somewhat cushiony. And he only cried for about a minute, and then he was back on the slide within like ten minutes. So he really toughed it out. That's but good. That was the first big like wham, like hit mm. the ground kind of a fall. And uh, he got right through it. You know, I always wonder if that's happening at daycare, too. And they (laughs) just don't put that in the notes. (laughs) Yeah, they're just covering it up desperately. Yeah, unless there's like a bruise or a scar. I don't know. So maybe he's had a few at daycare and he's like, oh, yeah, I did that one before. Okay, (laughs) let's get back up. (laughs) He's been toughened up at daycare. So no problems at all anymore. Uh, Another interesting thing I noticed this uh, this week, he's. In his, at the end of 16 months now, he's about to be 17 months here in a few days. But uh, my wife had what we call a magna doodle. It's the type of thing where you draw with a little oh, metal, yeah. metal tipped or magnety pen or something. Yeah. And she drew a bunch of bananas just really quickly freehand. And Nico was like, bananas. And wow. then she erased it. She drew a circle with a line on the top and he was like, apple. Wow. And she erased that. And then she, uh, we we're trying to think of stuff he knows how to say because we we're amazed that he's like recognizing this stuff yeah. just on a simple line drawing. And I was telling her, I motioned to her like bicycle, draw a bicycle. And then she was like, oh, how do you even? And, you know, like two circles, <laughs> like the awkwardness of drawing a bicycle, handlebars, a little triangle in the middle. And Nico was like, bicycle nice. and just called it. And uh, every word that he knows, we started drawing it. He was nailing them. And it was like a weird thing, like. It's not a big thing, but it's, you know, it's not a bicycle in real life. And it's not a photorealistic image of a bicycle. It's like a very rudimentary five-second sketch of a bicycle. And he knows it's a bicycle. And that kind of blew me away. That, like, monochromatic proportions are a bit wild. But he still has, like, deconstructed what a bicycle is enough. 2D He's like, I got it. I know what that is. It's a bicycle. This reminds me, actually, I was just uh, I'm doing like a course right now through Coursera for like data science. Mm-hmm. And there was one section on it that had you jump off to a different program. And it's all about AI learning art through the shittiest pictures <laughs> anybody can draw. And then it groups them together by likeness of the image. Mm-hmm. Kind of what you're saying. It's very rudimentary. Like somebody would say table and like you have a line and usually two sticks coming down. And uh-huh. somehow the AI program knows like that's a table and it groups them together. And so I think it's pretty similar to what kind of Nico's doing right now, where he's just like kind of figuring it out in a, in his own way like oh yeah these things this image still makes up this this real thing it's like we've got little neural nets running around and yeah they're making connections it just it blew me away that um i don't know it's part of like language learning as well we've talked about this before where remember in the beginning when nico would say banana but mm. then you would put down a, an apple and he would say banana and then right. you put down pineapple and he'd say banana. And we realized, oh, he just thinks it's like a sweet food that he likes. He calls it yeah. a banana. And then you'd have like a yellow washcloth and he would say banana. 
And you're like, oh, so anything <laughs> yellowish as well is banana. Right. But um, uh, then over time, you start getting more examples of it. You make different yeah. groups in your mind. And then some like words will subsume other words and some will separate off and so on and so forth. Mm. And then you build vocabulary that way. But it's just crazy that he's got that step of just like bare bones representation of things is, is mm. also there. And uh, again, not saying that he's like a genius, but it's just that kids do that at that age. That's uh, pretty impressive to me. It is pretty impressive. I'm actually, I'm really surprised to hear that he's doing that well with that kind of stuff. Like every time I hear about this stuff, I'm like, man, Coda's, Coda's so far off. I mean, I know kids go at different levels. Yeah. So I'm not trying to compare anything, but it's hard not to see how different kids do things in different stages. Yeah. Well, there's also, of course, like a pretty big difference in their lifespan at this point. He's got two months on Coda. Yeah. So Coda's got a lot of catching up to do just age wise. Well, that's that's it too. Like you don't think about it in, you know, we're 40s now. So it's like, oh, two months is nothing. But like yeah. when you're a year, two yeah. months is everything. Yeah, for sure. And then there's like the what they call multiple intelligences, but basically is just being good at different things. And um, mm. Coda's got a lot of them over Nico. Um, like Nico's oh. not up to snuff on. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to compare. I'm just saying yeah. like it's hard not to. As yeah. a parent, like this is a lot of the stuff that like these days I struggle with. And I feel terrible when I do it. But I think it's kind of natural as a parent. Like you're always seeing your kid and then seeing other kids and going like, is is he doing well? Is he not doing well? Like what areas like kind of does he lack in? Do I need to help him in? And that kind of thing. So I'm not trying to say like he's he's worse or better or anything. Just that's what I'm thinking. For sure. I totally get that. Um, when you see kids that are around your kid's age. Yeah. It's like that's where your mind goes immediately. Yeah. Uh, one more Nico update. I've noticed now that he is at that stage where he's got his wants and they're very specific, but he doesn't have anywhere near the language to communicate those wants. So mm. the example that keeps rearing its head is during meals, he'll really be fussy wanting something. And right. uh, then you'll realize, oh, okay, he has exactly on his plate what I have on my plate, but he just wants the one that's on my plate. So then I'll take his fork and, you know, give it to him. And then he still is fussy. And then after a couple of minutes of dealing with it, you're like, oh, he wants to actually use my fork and not his fork. And <laughs> then, you're like, okay, we've got that settled now. And then he's still fussy. And then you're like, oh, he wanted to stab the item with my fork <laughs> and eat it himself, but not have me stab it and give it to him. But it's right. like picky at every single level. And right. if he were, you know, two and a half instead of one and a half, he could probably say like, I want to do it or something like that yeah. and just solve the problem for me. But you have to like think about 10 variations of everything that you do to try and solve their problems now. Yeah, it's really hard to to figure out the whining once that they have. Coda doesn't have any of the language yet, so it's all just the whining. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, I guess it's almost every day, so I should know better by now. Mm -hmm. But like I, I do the pickups after after daycare, so I'll bring him home. And like half of the time, he's like super fussy when I bring him home. Mm. So I'm like, oh, are you needy? Like, do you need a diaper? Like, what is this? And most of the time, it's because he's still hungry. Ah, uh, yeah. And I need to give him another snack because whatever yeah. they're giving him after the nap isn't enough. 
and as soon as I give him that, like he's usually great and happy and then he'll go play and do his stuff. But it's really hard to figure out the way he's whining, like that he just is hungry. Yeah, that's uh, Nico's got that same thing. And that is one to crack that. Oh, he gets home. He just basically wants to eat like every two hours. Yeah. And when he arrives home, OK, just put some food in him and, and that'll do it. But it is that communication thing. You have no way of knowing. Right. You know, at any given time. So, yeah, that's a tough one. And as I was saying, like the the needs get more complicated yeah. as the kid develops and then sort of realizes that he wants things that mm. before never would have crossed his mind. So then as the parent, you're not attuned to expect that want. And then it's like a big crack. The case has to happen. Yeah. But uh, it's just one of those odd spots to be in where right. his um, reach is exceeding his grasp. Is that does that make any sense? <laughs> I yeah, know. I guess that works. Something like that. He, yeah. he can conceive of things that he wants, but then he just can't communicate those things. And it yeah. creates a little puzzle to solve. Well, this kind of stuff always makes me feel terrible about the whole baby sign language thing. Mm-hmm. I can remember talking about this in other episodes in the past and now being a complete failure in it. <laughs> yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. it seems like such a good idea and something that should be very easy to do. But then I realized, wait a minute, like I have to practice a new language and then I have to communicate with a new language to somebody who has no language and I have to be consistent with it. And I realized like, I mean, I can't even do that with Japanese. So (laughs) how am I doing that with sign language? Yeah, I've I've got a long track record of failure at this. Yeah. Now I'm trying a new one. But the thing that kills me about the sign languages, even the ones we were consistent on, and this is like kid to kid, it's always going to be different because reportedly some kids can do it as early as five months or so they say. But uh, we would do all done, which is like you hold up your two hands and you kind of rock them, rotate them back and forth, right? Uh, All done. Almost a jazz handy move, but not so yeah. vibrating. Just like a, a queen's royal wave, a little bit faster than that with both a ro- hands. A royal jazz hand. A royal jazz hand. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, so we do the royal jazz hands to him, and uh, he would not do it at all. And I'm talking about like 10 months go by, or, yeah. or a year goes by, and he's like, I'm not interested in that. And yeah. then the moment that he can say the words all done, which he says now, he starts yeah. waving his hands around for all done. And it, <laughs> it came as a package together. And that happened with a couple of sign language things. Like he wouldn't do the sign until he could say it as well and like complete the circle and then like do the whole thing together. Right. Uh, so the sign language was kind of like water off the duck's back with him. It didn't really pay many dividends for us. Yeah. We, we're still doing all done. We're still doing a couple of them. Not like super regular, but mm-hmm. he's doing nothing. The only ones that really pay any dividends are the ones that are cute uh, in terms of communicating like bye-bye. As soon as they can wave bye-bye, everybody eats that up, you know, oh, family, man. friends, strangers, everybody likes that. And he can kind of blow a kiss now. He oh, really wow. just scrunches up his face and slaps himself in the mouth. and That's about <laughs> it. But it's technically blowing a kiss and it's cute. And then that's kind of a gesture or sign, but um, you know, we didn't have anything like just around the house communication style that was working for us. Wow. That's, that's great. Coda could not give a shit about saying bye <laughs> oh, to really? anybody. Me, Moe, any person at daycare just doesn't care. Like wow. as soon as, as soon as the handoff happens, like I take him from the, the lady at daycare Mm-hmm. And we he his head is faced out the door. 
And he's like, let's get to the car. He's got, he's got his eyes on the horizon all the time. He's just looking for the next oh, big man. thing. And I'm like sitting there. I'm like waving his hand for him. His face is turned the other way. Just didn't yeah. care. Just didn't care less. <laughs> man, Nico, he gets in the high plus the wave, the buy plus the wave with pretty much a hundred percent effective. Like he does it every time we ask him to do it. Coming and going friend foe stranger anybody he'll he'll do the high and the buy and he's been waving since probably nine months maybe yeah about nine months he would he would wave Mm. and his cute little babies wave so those have been solid for a long time it's very good but Mm. um all the other baby sign language man it just we bought a couple of books yeah we really reinforced it and it never really turned into anything maybe it's just like certain kids just language in them clicks at the same time regardless of if it's like spoken language or like sign language that's a good point yeah that must be what's going on if that's all for updates we can head over to segmentville segments i really threw a monkey wrench into things <laughs> by did. calling it segmentville Uh, But here we are, the recently rechristened Segmentville. We're talking about fitness, that healthy lifestyle, exercise, losing weight, diet, etc. after having a baby. And my personal situation is I went to the health check a couple months ago. We go yearly at my job and I weighed in and I had gained four kilograms, four or five. Which is nothing. Okay, four or five (laughs) kilograms. I mean, I guess it's like, what, nine pounds? Something like that. Yeah, probably nine pounds in a year. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, around nine pounds in a year. You know how pretty, like, ridiculous I am with diet stuff? Yeah. Like, uh, just, I mean, I for years now, I've had only water and cereal and that kind of stuff. Like, it's pretty stoic, the lifestyle I've got going on. Water and cereal. That's the mainstay, man. I've never gone back after I switched to water. It's I prefer it now. Um, <laughs> never. I mean, for years, I have not had a dressing on a salad. You know, it's like, don't put a dressing on it. Ruins it. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Just give me a pile of lettuce and I'll be so happy with that. But it's Crazy. all these little things. And uh, black coffee. I haven't had anything in coffee in years and years and years. And I just try and cut things down like that. Right. Uh, so the big change was when we had the baby, I started driving him to his daycare, which is at my work. Mm. And I was riding my bike probably, I mean, minimum 4K every day, but more realistically, like 6 to 10K on average mm. a day. Uh, then that just disappeared uh, for a long time. I've still, you know, I, Nico got big enough. I put him on the back of the bike now and we go, you know, maybe half the days of the week, but I'm driving so much more. Yeah. So I think a little bit of the sedentary lifestyle kicked in and my body just kind of reacclimated. Yep. So I went hardcore and I revamped my diet a lot in the last month and a half. And I'm just going pure starvation now, just pure <laughs> starvation. It's uh, I've bottomed out to this point, but I cut off all snacking. That's done. That is dead to me. It's a thing of the past. I have a modest breakfast, a modest lunch, a modest dinner, and I starve for probably eight hours a day. Why don't you just do intermittent fasting then? Uh, I guess I could. I don't know. It's just easier uh, for me to just like keep my routine of breakfast, lunch, dinner, I guess. Okay. And uh, I like to have a rule that's stable and I don't have to think about really. Okay. So that's fair. 
that's the thing. And I made a few other changes. I swore off all elevators and escalators. So I'm a pure stair man now. Hmm. A couple things like that. But the kilograms have been dropping off, buddy. I've as they in, should. Yeah. Yeah. In the last um, month or so, I've dropped like 4K and I'm actually now under what I was a year ago at my health check. So wow, I got there. Uh, and it's as I've long suspected, losing weight is very easy. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was the case. Now that I've tried it, I've proved it. You just have to starve. That's the answer. Just starve and you lose the weight. There you I go. mean, basically, when you boil it down. <laughs> yeah. Calories in versus calories out. Yeah. But that's where I am. I've never done this in my life, but like, I want to try to lose weight. Never done it. And then um, it's just been my thing recently. Well, because you're so skinny and you wouldn't need to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's never come up before. Uh, I mean, the real worry was I lost my I lost my thigh gap. And then <laughs> I felt like such a cow. No, I, but uh, I just, you know, I've never tried to. And now I'm trying to. And that's been my big change. And it's definitely was a weight gain. And it was because of the not because of the baby per se, but because of the changes in routine that came along with right. the baby. But that's where my health and fitness situation is right now. So how about you? Uh, before we get to me, I want to ask, do you know what I, Ayumi's weight and health changes have been like from like, I guess, like pre-pregnancy mm-hmm. birth. And then now, obviously, the same as you. Is she back to where she was before? Do you know? Yeah, she actually, probably a couple of months ago, she told me that her weight got down to a little bit below her pre-pregnancy weight. Oh, wow. It was, um, and it might have even been, I don't know, three, four months ago. So is she starving herself as well and having water on cereal? No, she's a, she has a regular human lifestyle and um, <laughs> she didn't do much, but I think, you know, like a Japanese person, she's just generally healthy in the day to day meals and so on. So, and she watches it a little bit. And because I've been doing this recently, she's been like cutting snacks a little bit too, but she reached her previous weight, like pre-pregnancy weight long before any of this uh, dieting took over the household. Oh, okay. So um, she got back down for sure. That's yeah, good. It, it wasn't much effort on her part which uh your wife is probably i mean she's pregnant again so it's she probably didn't have time to like recover fully in terms of fitness and all no before before the pregnancy i remember her getting down i think she was even below pre-pregnancy mm-hmm. levels oh, okay but i think that just has to do with like carrying him all the time she's constantly yeah. moving around doing stuff and so I think that affects that. And being Japanese and eating Japanese food. It's just like you're healthy. So she does eat healthier than me. That's true. But we'll have the enchilada here and there from Costco. Well, how can you not? It's so good. How can you not? I don't so know. Good. What about the Mark Harris fitness regimen these days? How's it looking? It's always up and down, I'd say. These days, I'm just trying to do anything I can fitness wise to to stay healthy. So a lot of this season is all about chopping firewood and collecting mm-hmm. firewood. So it's actually not a lot of cardio. It's more just lifting and chopping and moving things around and I actually stay pretty healthy this time of year because I'm I'm really active all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I've probably I know this might not make sense to a lot of people but I've probably chopped and stacked like two cords of wood by by now. Oh yeah. 
And that means like going and getting the logs, lifting them, putting them in my truck, taking them out, like chainsawing them, chopping them and all that. So that's pretty much my spring into summer. And now that that's all done, it's basically trying to just do the cardio that I was missing. So now I'm trying to do more cycling, which was good. I uh, what did I do today? 35 kilometers. Yesterday was 24 kilometers. So. Yeah, that's good news. Um, I think this is where the phrase old man strength comes from. Because <laughs> like two things happen when you're an old man, such as ourselves. One is you have a kid. And imagine a lot of people would like have a kid and then a few years go by, you have another kid, a few years go by, you have another kid. You could mm. have like a 15 year stretch where you're carrying children, you know? Right. And it's right. like, I've always got like 10, 15, 20 K worth of children that I have to be lugging around in some yeah. form or another. Like when I'm on the bike now, I've got a baby in his bag for daycare and it's like more strenuous than it was before. Right. So you're just constantly up in your game in terms of, uh, used to just walk around not so fast my friend you've got a baby to wrangle <laughs> while you're walking around now right so there's that uh then the second part of old man strength probably comes from you're getting into home ownership and then you do things like cut cords of wood or demolish mm. something or build something or whatever you're doing you know and just exhausting yourself that way right and you end up being a, a strong old man yeah i mean the other half of the whole fitness is eating i mean i guess that's 80 percent of fitness i would say so i agree with that yeah in general that is always where i'm lacking like i would say like i am a really healthy guy mm -hmm. who's slightly overweight like i could probably outdo most people in any sport i enter but i don't look like i could because mm -hmm. <laughs> they probably see me and go wow that guy drinks a lot of beer which is which is true but I could also do all of the things physically that I can do. Yeah. Well, I think this is an outsider's perspective on you, but I think you cut a manly figure. That's oh. my take on the situation because you look at Mark Harris and you don't think like, who's this fat schlubby guy? Like nobody thinks that you, oh, you've yeah, just got like a, you've got, <laughs> you've got a broad <laughs> manliness about you. Uh, and, but then a lot of times that is, you know, you're, you're thick. Yeah, I guess so. That had two C's on it for our All listeners. Right. Um, <laughs> but you're, yeah, you're just, you're like a, a big guy, but not in the euphemistically calling you fat way. Right. <laughs> you know, right. You're a, a broad man. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, that's the, that's the outsider's perspective on Mark Harris. We'll do this as a regular feature every week. <laughs> new segment. <laughs> yeah, new segment. <laughs> Real douche this week, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Real, you're coming across like a real <laughs> douche this week. So about fitness, what if you want to get into shape or do something um, to mm. like sort of better your situation and you have a child? Uh, like all things these days, I put this question to Chat GPT. Oh, and I asked, or I, I rather commanded Chat GPT, give me some advice for new parents who want to stay fit, lose weight, exercise, etc. Hmm. And ChatGPT formulated a handy list of 10 things. Now, we're going to turn it into somewhat of a quiz, but a real opinion-based quiz. And we're going to call it Hell Yes or BS, ChatGPT. So I'll read one of ChatGPT's pieces of advice. You can give me a Hell Yes 
or a BS, and uh, we'll discuss it and figure it out. So number one, it said establish a routine. And basically it means create a schedule, keep to that schedule. Uh, maybe you have to wake up early in the morning before your baby wakes up, but consistency is key. So what mm. do you think? Hell yes or BS? Yeah, that's an obvious hell yes. Really? I'm giving it a straight BS, man. Oh, wow. It's like, yeah, consistency is key, but you have a freaking wild card baby in your house and consistency's out the window. That's the name of the game. Actually, that should help you cement that routine even more because that kid's on a routine. Yeah, but then like, I don't know, like Nico used to wake up at 7.15, 7.30. Now he's waking up at like 5.45 every morning. And uh, like, am I supposed to like chase the dragon and, you know, get up at, you know, 4.30 to beat him? I don't know. Hey, man. Yeah. Too much randomness. I can't. And also my version of consistency is make a decision and do it for 25 years, you know, <laughs> and then like with a baby, it changes every couple of months. So okay that's, okay that's not jiving for me well i guess more realistic consistencies then okay that sounds good the next one says number two involve your baby and it's pretty self-evident just get your baby into your fitness routine i want to i want to take a side note really quick because i was yeah. thinking about this the mm-hmm. other day when you have a baby they're pretty small a couple kilo mm-hmm. and you're pretty weak yeah every day put that baby in a bag and just curl them <laughs> yeah Every single day because they grow slowly. Exactly. (laughs) At exactly the rate of your muscles. Exactly. It's perfect. By the time they're 18, you're going to be so strong. You're going to be curling 180 pounds (laughs) of an adult man. That'd be a big 18-year-old, to be fair. Um, But, yeah, it's true. I mean, that in terms of just your core, you know, because you're like lifting and twisting and using all kinds of crazy yeah. muscles just to wrangle your kid all the time. And then that kid just slowly gets bigger and bigger. You should be getting stronger all the time. Oh yeah. Unless you're sort of like decrepit like us and on the back nine, <laughs> your body's <laughs> eating itself. I don't know if it works the same way. It just maintains. Yeah. That's the best you can hope for. Um, what about number two, involve your baby. It says like, do exercises with your baby, use the baby carrier, use the stroller for a jog, et cetera, et cetera. If you could find a baby and me fitness class and that sort of thing. No, that's BS. BS. Yeah. No, that's way too difficult to maintain. I mean, you could probably do it once or twice and not mm. be too stressed out by it or irritated by it because yeah. the baby wants to do other things. But yeah, it's never going to stick. My two problems with this are one, it's exactly what you just said. What if the baby's not in the mood? Then your whole thing's shot. Yeah. And then two, finding like a baby and me fitness class is another obligation and oh. another thing that you have to pay for and another car ride. In Japan, it's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you mean language barrier wise or? I mean, they don't have them that frequently. I know they do have them at some like community centers and whatnot. Yeah. And then typically it's just for the moms. So it's oh, basically yeah, like a curves. Yeah. And you're way out in the countryside too. So for anyone living that lifestyle, it's going to be few and far between. Yeah. You know, for yeah. those opportunities. I'm sure in Tokyo, there's probably more, same in Osaka or whatever, but not out in the boonies like us. Number three, short, intense workouts. So if your time's limited, then try to get high intensity workouts. It just makes sense. What do you say about that? Hell yes or BS? Yeah, that's a hell yes. I mean, even without a kid, I think workouts in general just don't need to be that long. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a hell yes. It's like it just makes honest sense. There are 
workouts that have been designed this way. Yeah. So take advantage of them. I've gone to the gym since I was like 18 years old. And my theory has always been if I'm there for more than 45 minutes, I'm doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing more that you should be doing to yourself in 45 minutes that your body benefits from. I had a, a friend who was a big workout guy. And whenever I'd go to the gym with him, he would always say stuff like, you know, I'm not here to enjoy myself. And like, <laughs> I'm here, you know, because it's hard. And that's how yeah. you know you're, you're improving. So if you do it like more intensely, you're just going to feel that all the more deeply. Number four, home workouts, set up your small gym at home, have some weights around the house, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to say moderate. Yes. I'm not going to go full hell yes on this one because, well, wait, what are you going to say? I'm going to say a hell yes, man. It cuts out a commute and it cuts out like a one parent needing to watch the kid alone and that sort of thing. Yeah. From a time save. Yes. Hell yes. Mm -hmm. I think from a motivation standpoint, it's not very feasible and it's really hard to get motivated when you're at home and you're like, I have a TV here. I have a fridge full of beer or snacks or whatever. And yeah, it's 20 minutes and I could just go run over there and do it, but then I'm going to get all sweaty and then I'm going to need a shower and bath time is at this time and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's almost easier just to have a place that you go and do it. And then, you know, like, I'm going to finish that. It's going to take two hours, commute back, do the shower, get done and then be done with it. I get that. Um that sort of stuff, like I just love the efficiency of something that I can do at home. And then that kind of motivates me, you know, just thinking right. like of all the time and money that I'm saving, then yeah. I like that. And that propels me to do it. Maybe it wears yeah. off over time. But um, I should say, I'm speaking as somebody who has a gym in their home. I, I built a room specifically with a punching bag, a full set of weights. I have a bike that I can put on a trainer. You've got Coda in a bag back there. That's right. I just curl him all the all the time, whenever I want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it doesn't happen as often as I'd like it to. And that I think that's mostly my failure for like, you just don't see it the same way as you see it, Jim. I get that. Number five, find support. Connect with other new parents who are also focused on fitness. Join local parenting groups. Uh, it can be helpful to have a support system. Oh, yeah. That's a hell yeah. What? That's like super BS for me. No, no, dude. I think that's a hell yeah. If you could find somebody else to keep you motivated. I mean, if, if you get somebody to, to even text you a message, hey, what time are you going to the gym today? Or, hey, I did this at the gym yesterday. Like that's going to motivate you to try a little harder or even to go today. Just get off your ass and go. Like th that helps a lot. I have an iron will. So <laughs> I don't need that kind of involvement from other people. Get out of my life. <laughs> I'll do it if I want to do it. Um, but I do, I kind of get obsessive about that stuff. And then I really, really beat myself up if I don't. And then that's my internal coach just like shaming me constantly. Nice. So that keeps me going. Okay. Everybody needs a different motivation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people, you just have to beat yourself up um, yeah. to the point of death. And then uh, that's how you, you get started. Starve yourself. That's yeah, right. exactly. It works. <laughs> it absolutely works. The next one, number six, prioritize nutrition. 
And I don't think I have to say any more about this. Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yes. Prioritize nutrition. My wife mentioned the other day, you know, when you're on the treadmill at the gym sometimes and it shows you the calories that you've burned and it says like, oh, you've been on here for, you know, 15 minutes, you've burned one piece of candy or something. And you're like, right. what? Or yeah. it's like, you've burned one cafe au lait. And you're like, yeah. but I had three of them, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's that kind of thing. You realize, you know, if I just wouldn't have eaten the thing, then I could have canceled out all this time and effort. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't actually cancel it out. I yeah. think there's a misconception about that with mm. a lot of fitness. Like, sure, you had a Snickers bar and that's worth like 600 calories. And then you worked out and you burned 600 calories. But those are different calories. Yeah. And you're absolutely. still going to store that Snickers bar. <laughs> For sure. And that's what a lot of people miss. Like, it's not a one to one, which I think was a lot of the thought. I used to be a, a personal trainer back in the day and like, a lot of the the knowledge that they try to give you is like, oh yeah, cal- calories in, calories out. Like, yeah, it all balances, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Your body doesn't work that way. Yeah, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips, Mark. That's what. Uh, that's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number seven. Number seven, coming off the nutrition one, plan and prepare healthy food options. This is just when you're at the supermarket, you know, just buy the healthy things. And then if you're like mass cooking, you could make a lot of healthy dishes and freeze them basically so that you don't have to reach for unhealthy snacks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this goes along with the last one. That's a hell yeah. Exactly. I give it hell yes as well. Let's hit number eight. It says sleep and self care. Mm. Uh, adequate rest and self care are crucial for both physical and mental well being. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. You need to prioritize self-care, mm. like relaxation and getting enough sleep. Yeah, that's a hell yeah. But also good luck being a new parent. Exactly. That's why I give it a BS because it's like you're, I mean, chat GPT is kind of ignoring the whole framing of the question, which is new parents yeah. or baby in the house. Um, sleep's yeah. not really your total option. You can't just get it when you want it. Yeah. So I don't think that's really, I mean, don't prioritize it because it might be impossible. Yeah, it's really hard. There has been studies I've read before that uh, that do link like weight loss to proper sleep, but it changes for every person. So if you're the type of person who needs like an eight hour night, then you'll probably do better on a on a diet if you're sleeping better because it's that kind of shortened sleep that makes you kind of groggy during the day and then more snacky. Mm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Number nine, be realistic and kind to yourself. Basically just saying set realistic goals. Don't be too hard on yourself if you don't achieve your goals and then celebrate your achievements. Kind of a psychological motivator to keep yourself in the game. If that works for you, I'd say that's a hell yeah. If not, then it's BS. Yeah, it's a very hushed hell yes. It's like, yeah, whatever. If you need that kind of thing. And yeah. if if you can do it and if it works for you, okay. Yeah. Uh, number 10, this is the last one, consult a healthcare professional. If you're talking about specific goals or specific like, oh, I've got this kind of problem that I need to address, then you know, talk to a professional. Yeah, I guess that's a hell yes. Although, I mean, it depends on the healthcare professional. I wouldn't trust anyone, but it's hard mm-hmm. to know who's the right one to talk to. Yeah. And I think being in Japan too, there's like, there's not a lot of knowledge about this professionally so when you go to a professional and you do need assistance with anything like this like proper diet 
you you might not get the most tailored advice mm-hmm. rather than the just standard advice that they give everybody. Yeah, I think it's interesting that a lot of this is cultural. And uh, just one example that springs to mind is when I do my yearly health check at work, there's a questionnaire that I have to fill out, answer a bunch of things about my lifestyle, like how many glasses of alcohol do you have a week and do you smoke right. and that sort of thing. But then some of them are so highly cultural, it's strange. But one is like, um, like how regularly do you eat seaweed? <laughs> and then like give this health check to an American and they're, they all fail, you know, well, nobody's eating their seaweed. They're, they're all getting horrible scores in their health check. So then probably us as Americans here are only eating a half measure of seaweed at this point compared to a Japanese Actually, person. I think that's to go the other way. Oh yeah. I think the seaweed question is to ask if they're getting too much seaweed. Interesting. Because, uh, one of Moe's colleagues was going through the whole IVF thing and they were they were trying to figure out like what was wrong and why it wasn't working. Uh-huh. And they determined that she was eating too much seaweed. Wow. Again, yeah. very cultural because I don't imagine any Western IVF clinics no. ever made that diagnosis. <laughs> that one, yeah, I think then if you go to a healthcare professional, you're going to get like questions that are coming from a place where it's like, that's not your diet. Those aren't your habits. But then advice is tailored to somebody who's got a different lifestyle than you've got because that lifestyle is the norm. If you're in Japan and you've got the language barrier to begin with, then that one's not really going to work out for you. I think overall, like this whole, like staying healthy and, you know, staying fit being in Japan, it's, it's really hard, especially if you're like, one of those people who's in Tokyo and in a little like mansion or Parto somewhere, you're not going to have access to a home gym or, I mean, you might even have just like a one LDK where it's like just cramped with stuff. And you're like, I can barely do pushups in here. Like I'm not going to do like a home routine. Then it's, it becomes even harder. That wraps up 10 pieces of advice from chat GPT. Mark and I, I think have adequately clarified those picked the wheat from the chaff and passed it along to you. Mm. And that sets us up for Japan. I've actually got it this week. Thanks to Moe. Yeah. As you mentioned earlier, this week is the Tanabata festival. And I'm just going to read a little bit to explain that for people who have no idea. Tanabata literally means the evening of the seventh but it's also known as kind of the star festival and in japan it celebrates the meeting of two deities orihime and hikaboshi who are represented by the stars vega and altair and according to the legend uh, the milky way separates these lovers in the night sky and they are allowed to meet only once a year on the seventh day of the seventh lunar month of the lunis solar calendar if that makes sense and the date of the tanabata always varies by region but it's generally on the 7th of july so tanabata is kind of a weird word because it looks like seventh evening which the seven if you were to look at the kanji just means like nana or that's how it's pronounced and then the evening is the u kanji Mm-hmm. And then somehow when you put them together, it comes to Tanabata. So that Nanayu transmogrifies into Tanabata. Yeah. And then on this day too, kids usually 
put what's called a uh, a tanzaku on a bamboo tree. And this is like a wishing paper. They usually write like a wish and then tie it to the trees. Did you guys fill out a, uh, a tanzaku for Nico? We did. They did it at the daycare and we wrote a few things on it. I can't remember because we had to fill it out a bit in advance, but it was stuff like I want to, you know, slide more in the next year. I want to get in more bicycle time and I want to walk more steps and that kind of thing. Was this your first wish for him? Uh, yeah, well, we're trying to do it like <laughs> from his perspective, stuff he might want to do. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff he likes. So I we... was trying to do it from Coda's perspective as well, but I uh-huh. kept getting told that I was wrong. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Reject. Moe was like, what do you think Coda would wish for? And I was like, well, right now, I bet he wishes that we had a bigger house and he had all the toys in the world. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, man, maybe he just wants money. Maybe we just wish for money. (laughs) (laughs) I bet Coda wants to be rolling in thousand yen bills in his crib. That's right. My wife and I, neither of us could think of anything. And then we just kind of scrambled and came up with, what does he like to do? Okay, let's say more of that. And we wrote it down in a rush. Yeah, that's basically what we did too in the end. No money wishes. That's We're missing a trick there. We should have all just asked for money. I know. That is Japati. On to McQuiffy. Today's McQuiffy brought to you by me, and it's going out to Mark. Mm. My question for you is, are you planning to steer your kids at all in terms of like hobbies and sports and things like that? Um, or do you just mm. let let them forge their own path that whatever interest they have, just go for it and support them. And my thinking is like, what if they get into something you find truly boring or that you like actively dislike or something like chess? Yeah. If they went down the <laughs> chess road and you just had to shake your head every time you walked through the room. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> um, but for me and uh, Brian should cover his ears, but baseball oh. is just so boring (laughs) like i don't know um i think david letterman one time said that uh kids playing baseball is the most exciting four hours in sports (laughs) but (laughs) it's like i don't know man i just my whole life has always been basketball and then to think about slowing the game down to baseball i just can't imagine doing it i need the action but then you know nico's a japanese kid and japanese kids play a lot of baseball they love it it's a big sport here yeah, so it is. His friends will be into it. He'll probably be into it. I'll probably have to watch it eventually. And do you try and like guide the kid or do you just let it happen? I don't think that's feasible. I think from my own perspective, like my dad always tried to, I guess, guide me towards golf from a very, very young age mm-hmm. to the point where I can't remember exactly when it was somewhere in my teens. I completely rebelled against it and refused to play. Mm-hmm. again until I was in my 20s. So I don't want that to happen with whatever hobby that I like or, you know, choose to to try to do with either of them. If they like it, they can come to me and we can do it. I'm not going to push it on them though. If they have other hobbies, I'll try to get into that. That's fine. I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to hobbies, so yeah, I'm game. If they want to get into baseball, I'm not a fan, but yeah, I'll go. I'll do it. There, I think there's a little bit more of a trap that may be uh, waiting for us on this because uh, I won't reveal the name, but another father here in uh, Japan with kids who are 
you know, middle school age, one of his kids got into soccer and mm. he said like, uh, he's not actually that good. You know, it's just one of his friends like soccer. So he decided I want to join this soccer team. Uh, and then it turned into like, you know, he was going to practices and then he had to drive far to go to games and pick up other people's kids and take them into the games. And then right. they finally decided after a couple of years, okay, well, you're not enjoying it. And, you know, let's try something else. And then they tried to leave the soccer team. And then there was enormous social pressure of like, you know, this is a small team, right? And if you leave, we don't have enough people for the team. And so then it was like a very difficult thing to get out of. And it was oh. something that like, he is the dad knew like, my kid's not good at this. He's not going to really be into this. Yeah. You know? And if maybe he had taken the steps in the beginning, he could have avoided this whole big like social issue right. of him trying to get his kid off the team and, and destroy it. I don't know. I just wonder if when the kid brings up something, I don't know. I don't want to like make the decision for him, but at the same time you could be like, I don't know. Are you sure you want to do that? What if we do that? You know, if you try to pull him away from that, especially if there's friends involved, he's only going to dig in harder. That's true. There's no way. Plus, honestly, for me, this social pressure thing. Mm-hmm. Oh man, bring it on! You'll relish that much more pulling him off the soccer team. <laughs> yes, I will. Yeah, I will learn enough Japanese to be able to say no. that's wonderful yeah that's a good call that's just stuff i'm not looking forward to but i guess it's a take your medicine kind of a situation i think moe is not looking forward to that more than i'm not looking forward to that oh yeah yeah i don't really care yeah i think the shoes on the other foot at our house i'm not looking forward to it i think my wife would go along pretty uh gladly with all of it but um Mm. I'm, I just feel kind of picky and choosy. About it. I know it's not right to feel that picky and choosy for another person, but I do. Yeah, no, I get it. I feel picky and choosy too, but I know like from my own experience, there's no way I can try to steer him or her. All right. Well, we can charge forward into dad joke territory now. All right. Let's dad joke it up. I've got three of them. I got two. So you lead us off. Why do cows have hooves? Hmm. Hooves on cows. I don't know. It's because they lactose. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Did you hear the rumor about butter? No. What is it? Well, you won't hear it from me. I'm not going to spread it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, what is red and bad for your teeth? Definitely not Skittles. I don't know. A brick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, so yeah, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they only ride male horses in jousts? Oh, I don't know why. Otherwise, it would be a nightmare. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I was thinking mare and I just couldn't work it out. I saw a sign by the road that said, end road work, and I thought, People will protest anything these days. (laughs) Nice. Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at J-Pops Podcast, as long as Twitter is available, or by email at info at the J-Pops.com. We'll talk to you next time. Pizza time.